Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. I was just looking at the Real Clear Politics poll for the last few months. It had always been impeaching and removing from office had always been above don't. And now the two lines have converged. And in fact, they have. But, and there's a huge but, this is the sum of four polls. The Economist YouGov poll, the Quinnipiac poll, the Politico Morning Consult poll, and the Monmouth poll. Now, the Monmouth poll, if I'm remembering correctly, is the one that is typically quoted by Fox News and by Republicans, and the one that uh, Trump likes to point to. If you look at the numbers of these four polls, though, right now, while you average all four of them and you come up with basically it's 46.5% yes, remove him from office, 46.5% no, don't remove him from office. So, you know, kind of 50-50 there. Uh, if you look at the Economist YouGov poll, it's 47 to 43 in favor of removing him from office. If you look at the Quinnipiac poll, it's 45 to 51 against removing him from office. If you look at the political morning consult poll, it's 50 to 41 in favor of removing him from office. And if you look at the Monmouth poll, it's 44 to 51. So Quinnipiac and Monmouth are both saying, you know, people don't want Trump kicked out. Economist and Politico are both saying people do. So there's something funky going on with these polls. And, you know, I get, you know, averaging them. My biggest concern is that the big lie technique, which is being, you know, rolled out every you know, every time a Republican gets a chance to talk, uh, they're rolling this thing out, is going to work. There's also reporting right now over at uh, Talking Points Memo at TPM that Mitch McConnell is planning not just a vote, shall he be removed from office, yes or no, which is what happened with Bill Clinton. They didn't get to yes. It takes a two-thirds majority. Uh, 67 votes to say yes, remove him from office. But McConnell wants to also have a vote on whether he's acquitted. In other words, not guilty. And that will only take 51 votes, and McConnell thinks he can pull that off, and he's going to propose rules for the Senate trial that will allow for an acquittal vote, which is, to the best of my knowledge, never happened before, which will allow Trump then to go into the, into the election cycle saying, I've been acquitted. There was no there there. I had a trial and they found me not guilty. They didn't just not find me guilty. They found me not guilty. And then on top of that, McConnell is saying, we're not going to call any witnesses. 
So we're not going to be hearing from people who can actually testify to this crime. Instead, we're going to hear from Republicans who are willing to lie, as we saw this morning, as we saw last night, as we've been seeing for weeks now, um, who are willing to just basically lie through their teeth and say, oh, the Ukrainians didn't know about this. Yes, they did. Oh, there was no quid pro quo. Yes, there was. Oh, the Republican, you know, et cetera. Uh, McConnell's basically going to rig this thing. I'm concerned. House Democrats just passed the Elijah E. Cummings Lower Drug Costs Now Act, also known as H.R. 3, House Resolution 3. Tom Perez sent out a press release said the difference between the parties couldn't be clearer. Democrats are fighting for the good of the American people, while Trump and Republicans are defending the greed of big pharma. Democrats are keeping our promises on health care. We're working to lower drug prices for middle class families and passing historic investments in Medicare, while Trump's agenda spikes costs, jeopardizes protections for people with pre-existing conditions, and slashes billions from Medicare and Medicaid. As Trump and Republicans break their promises at every turn, Democrats will keep working to improve the lives of everyday Americans. Basically, what this law says is that when drug prices are wildly higher in the United States than in a basket of other fully developed countries, you know, Canada and European countries, that the drug companies have to lower the prices and that Medicare can negotiate their prices. So FreedomWorks sends out an official press release, which I just got. Following the vote in the House of Representatives on Speaker Nancy Pelosi's Socialist Price Control Bill, H.R. 3, Adam Brandon, FreedomWorks president, commented, Today's vote on H.R. 3 is incredibly disappointing and shows how radical House Democrats have become. As Representative Dave Schweikart recently said, there are cures coming that would not happen under H.R. 3. He's absolutely right. Importing socialist price controls from Europe will reduce innovation in the pharmaceutical industry. No, it won't. They're going to still want to develop new drugs to make more money. What it's going to reduce is the profits of the pharmaceutical industry. But that's not going to stop them from trying to develop profitable drugs. What, are you crazy? You don't think that American capitalists know how to do these things? It's incredible. Oh, and MoveOn.org, by the way, is planning rallies all across the country. There's, uh, in all 50 states, hundreds of these rallies that will take place at 5.30 p.m. local time the night before the House votes on impeachment. Now, right now, what's going on, if a majority of members of the House of Representatives, simple majority of the House of Representatives votes yes, then the Senate has to hold a trial. Impeach.org is the website that MoveOn has put together. And, uh, or excuse me, this isn't MoveOn, this is Public Citizen. This is Citizen.org. And uh, they've come up with a new website called Impeach.org. And the hashtag that they're using is not above the law. So uh, FYI, Vicki in Harvard, Illinois. Hey, Vicki, what's up? Hey, hi, Tom. I love your show. Thank you very much for continually educating everybody on what's going on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. One of the things I'd really like to hear, mm -hmm. Trump supporters, Republicans, I challenge them to give us a list, just like you gave him. Give us a list that says, what are Trump's accomplishments? Factual list of his accomplishments. And they are not allowed to say Obama this, or Hillary this, or no. It's I want a list of every one of Trump's accomplishments. Right. Yeah, I, I'm, and, waiting. And, well, I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting too. That is the one thing that I found that will shut up a Republican when I'm having an argument. Yeah, yeah, he Give is. Give me a list. 
of yeah. factual items. The one thing that he has succeeded at is being insanely bombastic. I mean, he's, he's just, and, and lying. He's lied more than any president in history. I mean, uh, the Republicans love to say, you know, when Obama said, if you like your doctor, you can keep him under Obamacare, he was lying. And for about 3% of Americans, that was actually not true. That's literally the only lie that they can point to in Obama's entire eight years. Donald Trump has told 14,000 lies, I believe the number is, now documented by the Washington Post as of this moment. It's Correct. crazy. Correct. Vicki, i got to move along, but thank you for the call. Steve in St. Genevieve, Missouri. Hey, Steve, what's up? You know, no one's bringing up a, I would say, plausible reason to impeach this guy, and it will probably fly through the Senate as well. Do you know Capital One Bank, Deutsche Bank, they released the tax documents to the Supreme Court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg put a stay on it until December 13th. They're going to bring it up now, and they're going to discuss whether or not they should release it or not. Now, you know, no mob boss has ever gone to jail for murder. They all go to jail for tax evasion or money laundering. And I guarantee you, it's all over those tax documents. Yeah, this is why he doesn't want his taxes out. It's uh, and fraud and and being in the pocket of foreign oligarchs all over the world from well, I, probably I, from Russia to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I really don't think that the conservative judges are going to rule in Trump's favor when it comes to money laundering and uh, tax evasion. I think they're going to side with the people and what it says. Yeah, well, I don't think that Sam Alito or Clarence Thomas, you know, or Gorsuch or Kavanaugh will side with the people. But I think that it's possible John Roberts, he's become the swing vote. I think it's possible that John Roberts will. But we'll see. We'll see. Steve, thanks for the call. Kathleen in Topanga, California. Hey, Kathleen, what's up? Hi, thank you for taking my call. I was listening earlier about what Mitch McConnell is planning for when the articles of impeachment get to the Senate, and I was wondering why send them to the Senate? Why not allow an impeachment vote to occur, and he will probably be impeached, but why give Mitch McConnell that win? Because it's the process defined by the Constitution. It has to go there? Yeah. Oh, then, in that regard, have you heard or do you think they have any plans on how to deal with some of this behavior that we're looking at? Are you talking about the behavior of Mitch McConnell saying that he wants to have a vote to, <laughs> yeah, to, to find yeah. Donald Trump not guilty and to exonerate him? Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Done? I mean, I, I just, you know, it would be an interesting question to, you know, maybe we could get a Republican senator on, although I doubt that any of them are going to go on the record talking about strategy. You don't you don't right. talk strategy, you do strategy. Um, uh, so we're just, you know, this is going to be a really interesting show. And I think people are starting to kind of tune out of the House show, as it were. Um, you know, we all yeah. got it. Uh, it's why I didn't even play it today, because we've all figured out exactly, you know, what Trump did and what the Republicans defense is. Um, but mm -hmm. I think when it goes to the Senate, the, that show is going to get rebooted and Americans love trials. I mean, look at what happened with the OJ trial. So I, I law and order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think this is going to be a big deal. We'll see. Kathleen, thanks a lot for the okay. call. It's great to hear yeah. from you. Jeff in Portland. Hey, Jeff, what's up? 
Hey, good morning, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Um, in regard to the Republican behavior, I'll echo what you suggested on past shows, that we have to stop being the Charlie Brown to their Lucy. And going high when they go low didn't work for John Kerry, a decorated war hero, when the draft dodging W. Bush smeared Kerry's military military record. Yep. Uh, going high, going high didn't work for Obama when Moscow Mitch denied him his constitutional right to appoint a Supreme Court judge. Yep. And it didn't work for Hillary Clinton, uh, as one of your callers talked about um, earlier. When when uh, Hillary didn't stop and say something, as Trump stalked her on the debate stage. Right. So, given what what you're reporting about McConnell's intention to have a sham trial in the Senate, Tom. I'm wondering if it's time to seriously argue for what John Dean and others have said. Impeach him in the House, but after that, just keep investigating and don't even send it to the Senate. Well, they don't uh, have a choice you, of not sending it to the Senate. It's going to have to go to the Senate. That's prescribed in the in the Constitution. But the, the other part of what you just said, Jeff, I totally support and I believe is still happening. If they are continuing their investigations into Donald Trump, there is no thing such thing as double jeopardy when it comes to impeachment. With any other kind of uh, you know criminal indictment or trial, you cannot be tried twice for the same crime. It's right there in the Constitution. But being impeached is not being tried for a crime. And so he can be impeached multiple times, or they could simply use the investigations that they're conducting to point out the crimes that he is committing. So I, you know, and, and you know, as uh, I forget his name, the caller we had a few minutes ago pointed out, some of this stuff is going before the Supreme Court, in particular Trump's taxes. There's also a hearing being held in bonk, you know, by the entire circuit court in Virginia of, you know, another aspect of Trump's criminal activity. I think this stuff is going to start leaking out. Jeff, thanks for the call. Tim in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Hey, Tim, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Hey, Tim, what's up? First time, long time. Thank you. I just heard Mitch McConnell's reaction to the House vote, mm -hmm. and this is really disgusting. I mean, he basically told us he doesn't care what the House does. He doesn't care what the people think. He doesn't care about holding Donald Trump accountable. Right. He basically said that this government belongs to Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. And he's there running. There was he, a time to march and for civil disobedience and for tag. We're it. And this is the time. Yeah. And he's running the trial. I mean, he's he, he's running the jury pool, basically. He's the jury foreman. And and he has come out and said that he is coordinating the rules for the impeachment. He's, they, they get to write a whole brand new set of rules for how they're going to conduct this trial, whether they're going to allow witnesses or not, whether they're going to allow opening statements, whether they're even going to allow the Democrats to speak. I mean, he literally has that much power. And he's writing the rules, and he, and he said, you know, we're going to write the rules so that there's no way that he's going to get impeached. On the other hand, it's being reported today that Mitt Romney is going around talking to Republican senators, trying to get them to vote to impeach Trump. So this could get interesting. This could get we real interesting. We have to make sure they pay a political price. That's all we have at yep. our disposal when we vote. Yep. They have to pay the price. Absolutely. And it's it's time. It yeah. is time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I am absolutely with you, Tim, and 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 we're starting to see that. And by the way, it's not just Democrats. There's there's a, a group of Republicans that are running ads uh, that are basically saying, what's Trump hiding? Why won't he let Mick Mulvaney testify and, and John Bolton and uh, a couple of others 
Uh, the ad has these four people with tape over their mouths, and then Donald Trump behind them with his finger up to his lips, you know, with a shh, you know, kind of thing. And they're running them as billboards in states of senators that they think are potentially at risk in the election. So there's some good signs out there, Tim. To echo the words of one of my favorite Americans, Tom, tag, you're it. Okay, you got it. Tim, I'm with you. We we do need to be speaking out, and we need to be doing everything we can. And uh, MoveOn.org has started a website called Impeach.org, and they have scheduled hundreds of demonstrations all across America for 5.30 local time in the afternoon on the day before the House votes on impeachment. Jude in Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, Jude, what's on your mind today? I was uh, calling about uh, Tim Russert. I was wondering if he had been alive during the 2016 election and he had called Trump out over his taxes, basically saying we cannot elect a man who does not reveal his taxes, could he have upended uh, Trump's campaign? Well, I doubt even Tim Russert would say explicitly something like, we can't elect a man who won't do this. But he, uh, you know, Tim Russert was a tough questioner. And uh, usually, I mean, I, I sometimes took an exception. The, the problem that, that Tim Russert had and that uh, David Gregory had at NBC, now he's over at uh, CNN, I guess, and that Chuck Todd has right now, and this is a very serious problem for, for, for guys who do the kinds of shows that they do, where they interview a lot of politicians, and if those politicians refuse to show up, they don't have a show. And if they don't have a show, they lose their job, and the network will replace them with someone who is willing to interview all the politicians. Is that when you try to hold lying politicians to account aggressively on the air, live, those politicians, those lying politicians uh, say, A, I'm not coming back on your show. And all their colleagues get together and say, we won't either. We're going to punish you. And the Republicans did some of this back during the 2016 election, in fact. And I think there was a week or two there where they were boycotting one or the other of the networks. And it was a big deal. So, uh, you know, the... The interviewers, if they want to keep their jobs, and the networks, if they want to continue to have the, 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 this imitation two-sides-ism, uh, they have to act like some of the lies are not lies, which is really unfortunate. Oh, and it's yeah, probably my single biggest objection to the way that corporate media handles news. Jude, thanks a lot for the call. But, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see some serious questioning. and. And the Democrats tried to say that Trump not releasing his tax returns should be a deal breaker. And apparently the Republicans said, "Bah, we don't care. So he grabs women. We don't care. So he lies. We don't care. So he doesn't go to church. We don't care. That's what the Republicans said. Nancy in Minneapolis. Hey, Nancy, what's up? By the way, I'm going to be there in February for the Blue State Ball. I I don't think it's been announced yet, but uh, we're we're in the process of nailing it down. Excellent. This country needs to come to terms with the fact that Russia has declared war on this country in 2016 when they interfered with our election. And that war has continued. And Trump and the Trump Party are fighting for Putin. I think Rachel Maddow has done a really good job of of, uh, making that argument. But what's amazing to me is why... The oligarchs in this country think that Putin's going to give them a better deal. See, I don't Putin, think what he's. I don't think it's Putin or Russia. I think what you're what you're looking at, what we're all looking at here, 
are oligarchs sticking together, whether they're Russian oligarchs, whether they're Ukrainian oligarchs, whether they're Saudi oligarchs, whether they're Israeli oligarchs. I mean, those, those are the countries that uh, Seth Abramson documents in his book, Proof of Conspiracy, worked mm. in 2016 to help get Donald Trump elected. And I think basic, and Donald Trump himself is an oligarch. He's a billionaire, or at least he claims mm -hmm. to be one. So I think that what we have is, you know, rule of the oligarchs for the oligarchs, and the oligarchs got together and helped Trump get in. And, uh, you know, I'm not even, I, I, I haven't seen with certainty that the Russian government itself was, you know, funding everything that had all those Facebook ads and all this other stuff. But, but I'm guessing that it was probably Russian oligarchs who were doing it. For me, that explains it, you know, that it's the oligarchy stupid, you know, that it's, that it's really not so much one country against another, it's one system against another. It's a system of oligarchy. And what Trump is trying to establish in the United States is a system of oligarchy here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, a, you know, it's a, it's a, a mortal danger, frankly, to our country. Nancy, you got to move along, oh, but yeah. thank you for the call. Steve in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind? Um, you know, this party of job destroyers, uh, the Republicans, uh, Jerry Nadler, he ought to just start banging his gavel like crazy anytime this Jordan gets or any of the rest of these bullies start interrupting. And, you know, this Louis Gomer revealing the name of uh, the whistleblower, that should be a crime. That, that He should be charged. I believe it is a crime. It, it, they, they just they have no regard for the law. Yeah. Trump and his ideations of moving a city and everything that comes out, it, it's, it's outrageous. And one of the solutions we have to help uh, get our house back in order here coming, no, this coming November here, um, we've got some three Senate seats, which I think we can get. We've got Mark Kelly running in Arizona. We've got uh, Amy McGrath in Kentucky and Sarah Gideon in Maine, you know, mm -hmm. against Collins there. Yeah. Now, if we could get three, three seats, that would help, you know, stem some of this nonsense and, and get a hold of things. And, and frankly, you know, with the Russian collusion and interference and the Facebook interference in this last election, how many Senate seats do you think we might have actually have really have won that went to the Republicans in 2016, Tom? What do you think? Yeah, had, had Facebook not, not gone along with the Russians, and apparently, according to uh, Seth Abramson, also uh, people from the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and others, our democracy has been hijacked, and it's been hijacked in a really, really bad way. Steve, thanks a lot for the call. Tim in Rohnert Park, California. Hey, Tim, what's on your mind today? Thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's up? I think it came out in the IG report that Christopher Steele had a personal relationship with Ivanka Trump. Yes. And I believe at that time he was still with MI6. Yes. I'm wondering. So he was in charge of counterintelligence against the Russians. And Trump back then, I believe, was still mobbed up with the Russians. And so I'm wondering, was he really just on the job? <laughs> that would make a lot of sense, Tim. I, it hadn't occurred to me, but he might have been friendly with Ivanka in order to keep an eye on her. You know, That's I mean, what I was wondering. I was wondering if a... he was. Yeah, I was wondering if he was getting laid and getting paid. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know if they had a romantic relationship or not. And I'm not, and I. And I don't know if this was before or after she married Jared Kushner. That was all pretty sudden. You know, when Kushner's dad got out of jail, uh, the advice that uh, young Jared got was, you know, marry a, a wealthy woman and buy a high prestige building in New York City. And he did both those things within that first year, I believe. And Ivanka Trump was the wealthy woman and the building was 666 Fifth Avenue, which is which he just refinanced with um, money from the Middle East, a, a billion dollars pretty, in the Middle East. 
last year. Yeah, yeah. pretty ominous. ominous. <laughs> six, six, six. Yeah, it is. It is. Tim, yeah. thanks a lot for the call. Matt in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind today? Honestly, I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm learning not to assume anything because nothing is normal anymore. And I honestly think they're willing to go through this impeachment and everything else if it brings Joe Biden down just a, a couple notches in the process. And that's what, what my question is for you is I'm curious with watching Mitch McConnell and how they handled the, the Supreme Court nomination uh, under Obama and how they just didn't even take it up as a vote. Is there any way in the Senate that they could maybe not avoid the vote altogether, but just delay it or any sort of loopholes or odd things they could do to just prevent having to take up the trial and just delay it past the election or something like that. I just I can't put anything past Mitch McConnell and the Republicans anymore. Right. After he did that same thing with Merrick Garland. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think that public opinion would would allow it. And, and Mitch McConnell is fairly well tuned to that. Um, he knows what he can get away with and what he can't. Uh, which is why he's still in power, although uh, Amy McGrath is going to give him a hell of a run for his money in this next election in Kentucky. And, and uh, if you haven't seen her ads or her website or, you know, center five bucks, you might want to check it out. Um, that's probably the best hope for the future of our nation is if Amy McGrath yeah. can beat Mitch McConnell in, in, in the election in 2020. But I think the, the strategy, and, and it's becoming fairly obvious now, uh, particularly every time the Republicans have an opportunity to talk about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, the strategy is fairly simple. It's the Hillary Clinton email strategy or the Hillary Clinton Benghazi strategy. It's like you pick one weakness of your opponent, uh, even if it's not a legitimate weakness, you can create it. I played the clip yesterday of uh, FDR saying, you know, this is Hitler's strategy, the big lie. So you pick one weakness and then you hammer on it over and over and over again. In fact, it's probably worth listening to uh, FDR talk about this because this is exactly how Donald Trump thinks and the Republicans think they're going to win the election is they're going to take this one thing. Joe Biden's son got a job in Ukraine at the same time Joe Biden was trying to get this prosecutor who was supposed to be, you know, ferreting out corruption, although he wasn't. He was corrupt himself, yeah. um, you know, fired. But this is this is uh, FDR uh, talking about this. Franklin Delano Roosevelt back in, in the late 30s. Remember, a number of years ago, there was a book, Mein Kampf, written by Hitler himself. The technique was all set out in Hitler's book, and it was copied by the aggressors of Italy and Japan. According to that technique, you should never use a small falsehood, always a big one. <laughs> for its very fantastic nature would make it more credible. If only you keep repeating it over and over and over again. There you go. That's what they're going to do, Matt. So, I'm a progressive here in Omaha surrounded by red. And, and I you know, talk to a lot of people who are on the other side of this. And even if they don't support Trump, they still don't accept this, everything that he's done through the impeachment proceedings and the Mueller report as anything valid. And I, I guess if the public opinion so far hasn't changed, and let's say it doesn't change to motivate McConnell to, you know, go through with the trial, is there anything legally that forces him in the Constitution to take up the trial at a certain point, or, or could he just delay it and delay it and delay it? 
Uh, technically, he could, just like he did the uh, nomination of Merrick Garland, um, but I, I just don't think he could get away with it. And the Republicans in the Senate have some say in this, but with 51 votes, they're going, you know, wh whoever ends up with a 51 vote majority, and right now the Republicans have that in the Senate, will be able to establish the rules by which the Senate will conduct the impeachment trial. I mean, they could even write those rules so that Mitch McConnell can overrule John Roberts, even though the Constitution says that the Chief Justice shall preside. It doesn't define what preside means or what powers he has or what authority he has or how he conducts himself. But when this gets to the Senate, it's going to get real interesting. And Donald Trump very much wants a big show trial because he wants to use this as a forum to trash Joe Biden. He's, con he's convinced Biden's going to be the Democratic nominee and he's got to dirty him up as much as he can, as fast as he can. And, and McConnell seems to be pushing back, saying he just wants to get this thing over and done with quickly. I think that McConnell doesn't like a lot of spotlight on what he's not doing in the Senate, because uh, Trump yeah. is talking about the do-nothing Democrats, but actually it's the Republicans in the Senate who are blocking pretty much literally everything. So, anyhow, thanks a lot for the call, uh, Matt. It's good to hear from you. Bill in Santa Rosa, California. Hey, Bill, what's on your mind? What's on my mind is that I think sort of from a meta picture that Trump wanted this to happen so that Biden's name would be put out there over and over and over and over again and would increase his chances of being the nominee. And I think he's the easiest one for Trump to beat in the general election. And Trump gets to be the victim of this inquiry. The Republicans stand strong behind him because they want to win their reelections themselves. So Trump gets to have a fairly easy debating opponent in the debates and a fairly easy candidate to beat. Now, it's possible Biden could pull off a victory. After all, Hillary won the popular vote, but I think he's maybe the easiest one to beat. That's just my thought, is that Trump is being dumb as a fox, and as my wife says. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think of the four or five major candidates, probably Biden would be the easiest to beat. But, you know, we'll see. That is revealing my bias in favor of more progressive and less corporate candidates. But it is very, very clear that this is this is dirtying up Joe Biden. And the fact that over the last three days, Joe Biden on two different occasions has gotten angry with people about it is not good for Joe Biden going forward. I, you know, I, I said I thought he should clean it all up. David in Chicago thinks no. David, you're on the air. Let's do it the way uh, Trump would do it. You know, he never apologizes. So I should say, yes, I took the $50,000 a month gig as a, on the board. Why not? Any American would take $50,000 a month to not do much, do much sitting on a board. And well, you don't know if he did much or not, that. actually. Yeah, we don't know if he did much or not. But Trump would say, of course I took the money. Yeah. And all of his kids would say, of course we took the money. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. Why apologize? First of all, Hunter Biden has already apologized. He has said it was bad judgment. And he put yeah. his father in a bad position, which is true. Right. So what I was suggesting Joe Biden should say to get out of this, and I, I may not be the best guy to give advice to Joe Biden, and I doubt he wants to hear advice from me, but what I think Joe Biden should say is basically he should throw his son under the bus. His son has already jumped under the bus by saying it was ba you know, bad on me. So Joe Biden should simply echo that. He should say, you know, my son took that job on that board. I don't think he should have done it in retrospect. But at the time, I didn't know what my kids were doing because we had this kind of firewall between us, between business and politics, so that nobody could ever criticize us. But in I, retrospect, I don't think it looks we should bad. apologize for it. I think you should just say, yes, we did it, and we were trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, David, you know, we disagree, but your yeah. point is well made. David, thank you. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? 
Okay, not too much, Tom. Hey, I wanted to really respond to Robbie, the conservative, and also these callers that say, um, you know, they're liberal, but Trump exposes the corruption in the system. So it's good because their very lives depend on dumping that facile thinking. Okay, look. I discovered something. Yeah, and actually, you gave me the idea when you talked about a possible October surprise involving Iran. I kind of poo-pooed that. But, but, you know, I listen to a lot of conservative radio, right? And they are consistently, consistently echoed this Trump is strong on Iran, Obama was weak, as evidenced by Iran. Instead of attacking American soldiers in Iraq, Iran attacked the Saudi Arabian pipeline. They say that's because Trump is really strong. Well, simultaneously, there has been an article that, that keeps you know popping up that Trump withheld aid also to the very last minute to Lebanon. Right. And then that's when I started connecting the dots, okay? Just for people who are listening who don't know the subtext here, because Lebanon is basically fighting an internal war with Shia Muslims who are subsidized by and supported by Iran. Well, well, yes, and Trump increased troop numbers in Iraq to stop Iran from sending missiles into Iraq. Iran sending missiles into Iraq. Now, those missiles eventually go down that Shia corridor into Lebanon and Hezbollah. Okay. Now, the problem I have, and why I think this is an October surprise in the making, is because there's no way we did not know that. This Trump administration, look, the reason why they want Joe Biden to run, it's because they can't have a stalking horse against any other candidate. Okay, look, they the, the, the they who wants Joe Biden to run is who? They is it's Steve Bannon and all his oh, the Republicans. intelligent yeah. advisors. Sure. Yes. We, we know how the wall mantra got started. The wall mantra got started because during a stalking horse debate, Trump could not grasp basic tenets of American immigration system. Right. So they not came up basic. with something really simple that he could remember. And, right. and he didn't think it was going to go anywhere until the crowd went nuts. Right. Now, look, and the reason why I see lives depend on this is because of the Zagros Mountains, man. This thing can... All right, look what Russia said. Russia said they reserve the right to attack any command and control sites that attack them from abroad. That could be Nellis Air Force Base and gosh dang Las Vegas, for God's sake. Well, well. Yeah, I mean, if, if Trump tries to go to war with Iran, as he always said that Obama was going to do to get reelected in 2012, if Trump tries to do that, it could trigger World War III. I agree, Dave, and it's a huge concern. Thank you. Well, this is getting interesting. Uh, Mike Pence, he has an aide. Her name is Jennifer Williams. She was on the call when Donald Trump basically said, nice little country you got there. Uh, Why don't you give me Joe Biden to Zelensky? And when she testified in public, she basically said, yeah, there was some troubling things, but I'm not going to go into details. She testified in private before the House Intelligence Committee and actually gave them the details which were classified because Trump has classified that conversation. The, the transcript, what he refers to as the transcript, is actually a, a you know, kind of rather brief piece. It only covers about eight minutes of a 20-minute phone call. And her private testimony apparently indicated, this is the guess, uh, indicated that Mike Pence was in on this deal, that Pence should be impeached too. And 
So the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, reached out to Pence's lawyer, Matthew Morgan, and said, please allow us to declassify Jennifer Williams' testimony so that we can put it out in the public venue. And the lawyer for Mike Pence said, no, you can't do that. He said, at this point, the Intelligence Committee's oversight authority is limited to those areas in which it may potentially legislate or appropriate, which are the the functions of Congress. But basically, he's saying we, I, the lawyer for Mike Pence, do not recognize your authority as one of the committees conducting an impeachment inquiry. Because the entire executive branch, uh, Trump has ordered the entire executive branch to not recognize that. So, remarkable stuff. Rita in Chicago. Hey, Rita, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Hey, just um, reference to what you were just talking about there. Um, I, I wish that Democrats would always just say, what are they trying to hide? What are they trying to hide? Right. Just whenever, whether it's Pence or Trump. But anyway, yeah, that's or, what I Or use about. the word cover up a lot. Yes, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Just hammer it. Thank you for the call. Kim in Olympia, Washington. Hey, Kim, what's on your mind today? I asked for action from folks, and I took the challenge myself. I talked to my 89-year-old mother, who has a representative, Butler, who said she just doesn't know about impeachment. My mother was convinced to call the office the first time she's ever called and said that she wants impeachment. And he wa- she really would like him to leave the country. <laughs> but yeah. I just thought I'd spread the good news. She's a staunch Republican, doesn't understand what's going on with her party, and is coming out of the disillusionment. Oh, that's so good I encourage news. people, talk to people, please. People know what's going on, yeah. and they're lost and confused. Yeah, amen. Good on you, Kim. And that's, you know, this is the work that we all need to be doing is sharing this with people. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Frank in Caldwell, Idaho. It says you disagree with me, Frank. What's up? Yeah, I got a question for you. Um, How do you guys plan on stopping the next Democratic president getting uh, hounded from office like you're doing Trump? Uh, Well, if he doesn't break the law or violate the Constitution, I don't think he'll have a problem. I think uh, I think any of them do. Uh, Obama killed Americans with drones, and that took and uh, should have had in the piece. Uh, he killed one American, and that American was fighting for the well, enemy, um, which is a, which, is a, which is a crime punishable a by death. I was not a fan of Donald of, of, of Barack Obama and his use of drones. I'll, I'll give you that, but I don't think that that was even close to an impeachable offense. That 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 that's that's how you're conducting a war. That's a whole how do, how do you, different thing. How do you how do you plan on keeping us from impeaching the next Democratic president? As I said, you know, if the next Democratic president commits the kinds of crimes that Donald Trump has committed, I'll be at the fr- I'll be at the front of the line to impeach him, Frank. Yeah, hearsay on hearsay. Uh, the, it's not hearsay. I'm 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 listening to Trump's own words. Well, actually, reading them, he won't. Well, you know, I I heard him stand. You know, he said to Russia, "Hey, you know, interfere in our election, please. If you can find Hillary's emails." And that same afternoon, they found Hillary's emails, and they end up, you know, in the election. And then he, and then this time around, he's going to Ukraine, and he's saying, "Hey, find some dirt on Joe Biden." And then he goes in front of the press, and he says, "You know, China should be doing this too." He's asked three different foreign countries to interfere in our elections. That's a crime. It's a crime to to solicit foreign interference in an election. I can't imagine any Democrat doing that, Frank, but if a Democrat did, I would be there saying this guy needs to be impeached too. 
Deborah in Denver. Hey, Deborah, what's up? Hi, Tom. I'm out here in Colorado. My first comment is about Mike Pence. He's supposed to be a Christian, and he's been given a chance to do the right thing. And uh, as a Christian, you're supposed to, uh, you're not supposed to save yourself when others are concerned. You're supposed to do the right thing. So um, instead of saving himself, he should be trying to save the nation, but he's not doing that. And the children that Donald Trump is putting cages and the the people that he just, the 700,000 people he just knocked off food stamps just in time for Christmas. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Okay, so my question is, do you think that it might be Bolton who who um, gets the glory for that, for being uh, the Christian, the patriot, the hero who comes forward to do the right thing and take that torch away from from uh, Pence? And if so, why? um, I know that they just said that Mitch McConnell is not going to allow any witnesses Mm. and. And we're waiting on a decision from the court to to let um, Bolton know whether or not he could even testify. Do you think that it's possible that he will be able to testify in time for this? And do you think he will? And will they allow him to? We'll see. I, I mean, that's that's one of the one of the grand questions is, uh, you know, Bolton being compelled to testify and and also uh, Mike Pompeo. You know, the Secretary of State. These guys were knowledgeable about this scheme. Bolton opposed it. Pompeo helped execute it. Uh, Mike Pence was apparently involved. Pence should be called to testify. And uh, a lot of this is going to depend on the rules that, um, uh, that Mitch McConnell comes up with and also whether John Roberts plays an active role in this or a passive role in it. And these are all unknowns mm-hmm. right now, Deborah. But you put your finger on the, on the one thing that could really bring down Donald Trump, you know, knock wood. Right. So we'll see. Thank you very much. We'll see. Thank you, Deborah. Nancy in Elkhart, Indiana. Hey, Nancy, what's up? I'm very disappointed in the Democrats that are responding in the hearings. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know, my question is, do you um, have any knowledge of the, I guess it would say, the plan that the um, Democrats are using in the inquiries? I don't think they've had any, I guess it would say, debate skills. I don't know if it was a plan. Maybe you know. Um, maybe, like you said, I believe you used the word messaging. Mm-hmm. When they when they hear a lie that the um, Republicans have used in their statements, it seems like when it's their turn to speak, it seems like they haven't even listened. Yeah. They come back with their prepared line, um, they could just at least say, um, that is wrong, uh, the public should know it's wrong, I'll tell you what's wrong about it, and if they have to go into their prepared speech, but they should definitely counter with what that person says, and I don't hear any of the, of the Democrats doing that, and naturally the public gets so bored, the Democrats repeat the same things yeah. over and over you know, I was watching Jim Jordan literally tell lies and waiting for some Democrat to say no or you lie. You know, the old, what was it, Joe Wilson or whatever, whoever it was who said that, you know, to Obama. Um, uh, you know, uh, the Republicans constantly are interrupting people. I opened this show by playing Pramila Jayapal yeah. and interrupted repeatedly by Jim Jordan and, and I believe Matt Getz as well. And, uh, you know, they get a gavel, but they don't get kicked out. 
They don't get shut down. They don't lose their time. And the Democrats uh, need to learn some theater lessons from the Republicans. They really, really do. And I'm, I'm concerned that it's too late now in the House. But, you know, we'll see what happens with the Senate trial. It's going to be real interesting. Nancy, I got to run. But thank you so much for the call. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you and uh, Kathy in Albuquerque. Hey, Kathy, what's up? Hello, Tom. I'm a first-time caller, so I'm kind of nervous. But well, thank you. I just wanted to ask your opinion because I was really worried that um, – I know they need to work with Trump, but to give them that big win <laughs> as far as the trade deal goes, right. you know, doing the articles in impeachment and then announcing that, giving him, like, the biggest win – I just I was wondering what your opinion was about that. I thought it was a political masterstroke. The Republicans, even though you and I, Kathy, know that several hundred pieces of good, high quality, and very important legislation have passed out of the House of Representatives. You know, every week they're passing legislation. It's all going to die in the Senate, where Mitch McConnell won't even allow debates on them. We know exactly. that, but most of America doesn't know that. And the talking point over on Fox so-called news and right-wing hate radio, and the talking point in the in the White House memos. I'm on their on the on their mail email list, and you know, I get one that goes out to the to the press every every single day and the, one of their main talking points is that the the democrats shut down all legislative activity in order to pursue impeachment they're not doing yeah, the work of the country also. right and yeah. and so what this does is it just takes that talking point away from them and says yes we can walk and chew gum at the same time uh or bubble gum if you like the way bernie says it and <laughs> and um uh you know i, I and and, and not only not only that you know we had um uh, well, we've had several trade people on, um, but most most recently, Lori Wallach was on the show talking about the, the this uh, you know new and improved NAFTA, and uh, her objection to it at the time was that it had a deal in it that extended patents on on uh, biologically derived pharmaceuticals for 10, 10 additional years. In other words, it was a big wet kiss to the to the drug companies, and yeah. and but the, that was the bad part of it. The good part of it was that it does away with um, uh, what's called Article 11, as I recall, or Chapter 11, which were these corporate courts where the judges are actually um, corporate lawyers and they decide you know, uh, you know the, the fate and outcome of trade violations. And they always swung in favor of corporations and against sovereign governments. That has been deleted. And the pharmaceutical part has been deleted. They've both been taken out. So now Richard Trumka, the head of the AFL-CIO, a guy who's been on this show a number of times, a guy who I respect tremendously, very, very smart guy. Well, you know, I think uh, he and Leo Gerard are the two top labor leaders in the United States. Clean as a whistle, great guys. They know what's going on. And these guys have both come out. I don't know if Leo Gerard has endorsed this, but, but Richard Trumka came out this morning and said, I endorse this trade deal. And so... so you think that'll be... You think that's okay, that in your opinion? You think... It is. That's not going to affect anything? Okay. I, so, I just worry. I don't want him to get another four years. Yeah, and I don't the either. The Republicans are talking about it already. I've been watching Fox a little bit. Um, and they've been saying, well, how can they be, you know, they're just saying, how can they be for impeachment and then give them a win like this? And they're, they're kind of spinning it. Because they're doing what's way. best for the country. The yeah, best that, thing for the country is to impeach Trump. The best thing for the country is to repeal that terrible NAFTA deal that George Herbert Walker Bush negotiated and Bill Clinton signed. Is to repeal that thing and replace it with a trade deal that actually, and it also requires that 40% of all, you know, if you're going to import a car from Mexico, if you're going to make a car in Mexico or Canada, 
and we, we have a lot of cars in the United States that are made in both places, and car parts that are made in both places, 40% of the labor that goes into that car has to be done by people making over $16 an hour. That's a good start. So, well, it is. Okay, and I feel a little bit better talking to you now. It was just kind of worries okay. me. I just don't want him to get another four years. This is why Nancy Pelosi put those things back to back. It was just incredible. Okay, we're going to announce impeachment, and then we're going to announce that we are legislating. We are doing the people's work. We can get things done. We can even work with Trump, because trade was the one thing where Trump took the Democrats' position. The Democrats have historically been, you know, Bill, Bill Clinton notwithstanding and Barack Obama notwithstanding. With the exception of our two last Democratic presidents, the majority of the Democratic Party has been opposed to these trade deals consistently. And uh, I, I, when you look at it that way, I feel so much better. Yeah. That was actually great. Good. Than to Good. It yes. That way. I, I think but it was a masterstroke. So I think it was a masterstroke. Yeah. I am so blown away by Nancy Pelosi's brilliance. Kathy, thank you for she, the call. She is brilliant. Yeah, okay, great thank you so much. Tom Harmon here with you and Nina in McAlpin, Florida. Hey, Nina, what's up? Hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm well. What's on your mind? I had a question about the Burisma investigation. Mm -hmm. They keep talking about the 2020, but isn't it really the 16, 2016 investigation that they're talking about? No, Ukraine had nothing to do with the 2016 election. The Republicans say, Ukraine tried to interfere with the election. You say, well, what's the proof of that? And they say, well, this one guy in Ukraine, and I don't recall if he was a legislator, I think he was a legislator, he might have been a government official, published an op-ed in the Ukrainian newspaper saying that Hillary Clinton should be elected president instead of Donald Trump because Donald Trump said that it's okay for Russia to keep Crimea. Okay, so I mean, that's their only evidence. And that was published in Ukraine in a Ukrainian newspaper in the Ukrainian language. So yeah, that's all they've got. In 2016, the election interference was done by Russia. And according to Seth Abramson, also by the United Arab Emirates, by Saudi Arabia, by partisan parties inside Israel. And there was one other country involved in that in one of the Middle Eastern countries that Seth Abramson lays out in his book, Proof of Conspiracy. So that was the election interference where they were buying Facebook ads. They were penetrating the voting systems of our various voting areas. I mean, you know, all this kind of stuff. And also, you know, they hacked the DNC and they turned the outcome of that, the output of that over to WikiLeaks and specifically with the purpose of interfering in the election. So the 2016 election was about Russian interference. Trump tried to block the investigation of that. He, he fired James McComey. Uh, J yeah, James Comey, that was his first attempt to block it. Then he fired Neil McCabe, just continued from there. And the Mueller report contains 10 specific instances of obstruction of justice that Trump could be charged with under an impeachment. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats chose not to use any of that because they didn't want to go back and relitigate that. They wanted to use stuff that was just right, present, front and center, no dispute. Everybody agrees, even the Republicans agree, Donald Trump has refused to turn over one piece of paper or one witness to Congress in their impeachment investigation. So they're keeping it very much focused on his attempts this last year, this, this you know, in the last 12 months, to corrupt the election that's going to happen next year. It's all about 2020, Nina. The 2016 election, that's the Mueller report.
Jim in Atwater, California. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind today? Well, Tom, I'd uh, like to disagree with your policy of not getting involved in primaries. Times have changed, Tom. It's the most important. There are 22 senators up for re-election. They need to have pressure put on them, and the DNC is putting up milquetoast candidates. If you were to interview them for five minutes, interview all 22 candidates, of course, invite the uh, Republican senators, which most would refuse, but... uh, if you get all the Democratic candidates and give them a five-minute interview, and then if you decide they're viable, uh, let the people vet them. Give them an hour. Let them take calls. Yeah. We need to get excitement. We need to put pressure on the senators to uphold their oath to the Constitution of the United States. They you know, for no five years, Jim, if, if I may, for five years, I, I did a local program here in, in uh, Portland, Oregon, in addition to this national show. I, I did six hours of radio a day for five years. And on my local show, we did that. And that is the appropriate province of local programming. And I would hope that some of the stations that carry my show, the local stations that carry my show, do this with their local programming. But the problem that I encountered, the reason we came up with this policy, is that it's just impossible for me to know all the politics of some other part of the country, in many cases where I've never even been or where I've just played tourist or traveled through and taught a seminar or something. Well, and, that, um, and, and that I got, No, I, Jim, I'm sorry, I just don't have the time. When I did this, I actually did put some good progressives on who were running in primary campaigns. And what I discovered was that there were other good progressives in the same campaign. And they're like, well, why are you picking that guy instead of me? And I'm like, well, I didn't even know you were there. And well, you know, it's just, it's just a mess. So the only primary candidate uh, so far that I've endorsed is Mark Gamba here in Portland, because he's, I think he's a good candidate. And I know the local politics and I, you know, and I know the guy, I don't know him personally, the guy he's running against, but I know his, his, his votes, uh, Kurt Schrader. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just very unhappy with Kurt Schrader. So, you know, I think Mark Gamble would make a great replacement. I think the odds are, are slim that he'll beat him, but I get your point. And it's why we have to have local activism. Local activism is a really good thing. An interesting take, I caught this over at Daily Kos from Joan McCarter. And uh, she was talking about how Mitch McConnell is now saying, okay, you guys in the House, you can have your vote before Christmas. You can have your vote tomorrow. But we're not going to do anything in the Senate until after the first of the year. Uh, Actually, this is Dianne Feinstein. She said, impeachment is a huge issue. I don't think we should rush into it. Even Rand Paul is agreeing with that. But let's see. John Cornyn, the last thing we want over here is to be held over Christmas. I can't imagine you will object to that. It's interesting that Dianne Feinstein is saying yes. I, I don't know what other Democrats are saying, but basically... The thinking is that the people who will be hurt the most by this impeachment hearing in the Senate, running through January and possibly even February, uh, those people are Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders, four senators who are running for president on the Democratic side. And if they can't get out there and campaign particularly leading up to Super Tuesday and, and uh, but, you know, also Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, the first votes start in February. If they can't get out there and campaign, then that increases the probability that Joe Biden will be the guy who's the nominee for the party 
and which is clearly what I think Donald Trump wants right now, because I think, you know, he just lives in that right wing bubble. And I think a lot of Americans do. You talk to these people who are gung-ho Republicans and watch Fox News and all that kind of stuff, and that's what's going on. But thanks for the call. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Tom Hartman Cruise will be sailing in July of 2020. The seven-day Oceana Cruise will be going to Bermuda, and I'll be hosting onboard events about the topics of the day. More info at TomHartman.com or 800-856-1155.